Welcome to the Cabin Cast. Your getaway primer. Hey, Eric. Hello. How's your week been going? Fantastic. We always have a great week when we get listener feedback. And I was super excited to just receive a Facebook message that someone took quite a bit of time to write out and share with us. And this one's really fun. It's a great story. It came from a recommendation from, you know, Facebook Marketplace is full of all those I mean, it has tons of different groups that people group together and then share from local areas. And this gentleman was on there or noticed somebody asking for a recommendation and found out about us for that. So I will read this. This is from Tony from Northern Illinois. And thank you, Tony. Good afternoon. I just want to take a second to let you guys know I absolutely love your podcast. I live in Northern Illinois but have a family cabin in Lac de Flambeau that we have owned for 50 years. This cabin is where I've spent my summers as long as I've been around. We love it so much that my wife and I recently purchased six acres of our own near the Bodelac area and have begun our own tradition with a 10 by 20 barn we had delivered this summer. I set out to find a podcast about the area and lifestyle of the Northwoods and you guys hit the nail on the head. I work for a local municipality parks department, so I use my headphones all day, and I'm always lake sick, trying to get back as soon as possible. I was able to find your podcast through a suggestion on the Manaqua Area Garage Sale Facebook page, and I am so glad I did. Please keep up the good work. You guys rock. I'm so passionate about the Northwoods, I'm still working on a full arm tattoo piece just to commemorate the passion I have for the area. But again, thanks for your work. Happy to have found it. Thanks again, Tony. And I think we'll hopefully share the arm tattoo on the, uh, it's really awesome. Yeah, a it's really nice. In, in a lake setting. So we'll I share I think we said the only thing it might need is a cabin cast logo in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just work it in. So Tony, <laughs> if you want to get in touch, we can talk uh, sponsorship. <laughs> so but no, we appreciate those messages so much. So if people want to record a voice memo on their phone and then email it to us. We can play their voice saying their stories. They can send us a DM or an email or message us on Facebook. There's so many ways to get a hold of us. So we love hearing those. Yeah. And one of the things that as we try to kind of grow our listenership and and keep bringing fun things to everybody, the one thing you can do that would really help us out is if you could just pause the podcast, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts, and just take a few minutes, maybe one minute is all it takes, and leave us a review and just so we can keep sharing if what you like about the show, just a quick sentence, um, as, as many stars as you deem <laughs> fair. And we would really, really appreciate that and love that. And there's a chance that we read your review on the air. And it's something that just really helps in the whole algorithm that that uh, podcast world uses. That's the hardest thing about growing a podcast is finding just getting the word out there about it and if uh, if you love what we're doing and want to keep keep listening to great stuff, just leave your review on uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. That really helps. Yep, because then Apple says, "Oh, this many people are liking this. We need to share it with more people that like the same kind of shows." So it helps us easily spread the word and builds up our ranking too. So yeah, and then really it fun. just helps attract new and interesting guests. They see the reach that we have, and it it allows us to kind of keep keep finding new fun people to talk to that, that see that we do have a strong following. So all that stuff really helps. Yep. And we're doing so many things too, to really build this community 
Um, Because all of us have so many things in common when we love either visiting cabins or the cabins that we own. So I know, Eric, you've been doing a lot on Twitter. So um, if people aren't on Twitter, this might be exactly where you want to start using it to to connect with us on Twitter and see some of the things we have to share there as Eric reads interesting things um, and comments about them or we share music ideas and other things on Twitter. Um, and we also have and a Facebook at, group. At oh, go the, ahead. At the Cabin Cast is yep. the is the Twitter Twitter uh, handle. Yep, and you'll see our our green logo there, so you know you're in the right place. Uh, we'll put a um, link in the show notes too, so people can click right on it. And we also started a Facebook group called the Cabin Cast of Characters. So we hope that people will join in on that as we start to share things in that group as well. It's a great way to talk back and forth with other cabin lovers. So um, we'll put a link for that group also in the show notes, um, but it's called the cabin cast of characters in the Facebook groups. Yeah. And we, it's just all about community. I mean, we want people to get together, express their love for places, share different things. So we'll have a lot of fun things to build, build on that. And it, it helps us, uh, look to where everybody's interested in what they like about the show, things we can improve on. We're always open for, for that type of thing. So yeah, looking forward to connecting more with our listeners. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, fun episodes coming up, a lot of great interviews heading into the fall and winter here that are getting lined up. Um, So we're really excited about that too. Hey, it's Kristen. I'm here to tell you about White Arrow's Home. White Arrow's Home is a lifestyle brand that shares a warm and cozy mix of design ideas, inspirational style, and personal journeys from the backdrop of the Wisconsin Northwoods and my lakeside log cabin home. I love sharing daily inspiration for you on my blog, through social media, and in my shop. At White Arrow's Home, you can shop in person in the store, but also online from anywhere. You'll find a mix of antique, vintage, and new furniture, accessories, and gifts carefully curated to fit our brand of classy cabin and cottage decor, campy style, and always a heavy sprinkling of plaids. New products come in the shop daily with decor that will let you bring Northwoods living into your own home and style spaces that are inviting, beautiful, and make family and friends want to linger longer. And, you know, it just shifts everything in our lives as kids go back to school. Yep. So I've got one kid out on his own and two in college now, but two still at home that start school tomorrow. Do your kids start school tomorrow too? Yeah, we have the the two little ones, uh, Liv's going into first grade and then my son Lachlan is starting 4K. So it's definitely like a nervous excitement in the household. Everyone's trying to get stuff figured out. You know, you have, we have these beautiful summers up here and lake days and, and lots of adventures. And that transitions into the, the school year. And our, our little guy, uh, Magnus, is is definitely got the, he's like super sad. His siblings are leaving kind of the daycare fully. So he's kind of on his own on a little island at, at daycare. So he's just, just kind of getting used to that idea. But he's kind of, we keep trying to you know, feed the information to him in small chunks, get him used to the idea and and he'll, he'll do super well. It's just a a shift to schedule. And then he gets to see, see everybody after school. So it is, it's a big shift. You know, we've adjusted, you know, where there were seven of us and there were six and there (laughs) are five. Now there's four. And like this last night, my daughter was at a sleepover. So there were three of us. And then my son was doing fantasy football, so there were two of us. Like it's just dwindling. it changes so quickly. Yeah. And my daughter Landry starts high school tomorrow. 
So a big change for her to not be at the same school. Most of our schools up here are pre-K through eighth grade. So you're in the same place for a long time and with your siblings. Um, But we, speaking of that beautiful summer that we have up here and the memories we get to make, there was something left on the bucket list that we got to check off today. So my friend and I took all the kids and a couple more of their friends to our secret beach. Oh, we have we actually have two beaches that are secret. So I'm not telling even you, Eric. I'm not going to tell you. But it was the most glorious day ever, and we weren't sure because it was 66 degrees. Okay, so our summers up here, you just got to have a, a sweatshirt with you all the time in the Northwoods. But it was so perfect in the sunshine. And the kids, Northwood kids, do not care how cold the water is. No. They thought it was wonderful. No one was there. It was beautiful. And we just brought our coolers and picnic blankets and chairs for the moms and blueberry train beer from oh, there you go. <laughs> Eagle River yeah. um, to, to, for the moms yep. to drink. And the kids just had a blast. It was such a great way to end summer. It was awesome. Yeah, it's a, you kind of have those end caps, you know, the beginning and the end, and it, it it's bittersweet. It was such a beautiful summer up here, and in but diving into fall, it just opens up all the possibilities. Like for me, I'm excited about hunting season. Yeah, you do get a little bit more of a break, you know, with the kids um, back at school, and it's just an. I mean, fall up here is amazing. I think some of it is because we never get tired of any season. You know, we're like, oh, summer's over, and then you get in fall, and you're like, yes, and then. <laughs> Well, falls over. Oh, well, here's winter because we're never done. Yep. So yeah, that's one act- of the great parts. Yeah, the activities at a cabin, and that's the thing. If you if you love cabins and think it's just a summer thing, I mean, just trust me. Renting a cabin in a different season than you do you would normally think about, I mean, it just it opens up so many more possibilities. Or, or going to visit on times you wouldn't think, especially weekdays, like you had mentioned, where it's yeah. a weekday and a week where most people aren't up here is. I mean, if you want privacy and you want to kind of really get back to nature and see more, more of the the natural world, you go on a go on a week, a weekday, take a weekday, take a couple weekdays, and go up on a week when people are heading back to school or summer's ending, and it's just not a traditional, you know, Northwoods visit day. Well, and thinking, I get probably the question I get asked most of all is living here in the winter. How can you live here in the winter? And it's one of my favorite times, you know? I mean, even if we're stuck in the cabin, it's still a magical place to be by the fire and doing a puzzle and reading a book and looking at the snowflakes fall. And, you know, I think some of it is what we hear from so many of the people we interview and we get letters from that it's a state of mind. People just, you know, fully embrace it when they can go to the cabin. So I love that you're encouraging everybody to try it at a different season because it's wonderful all the time. Yeah. And speaking of nature and going back to school, I brought a book to read today, just a little excerpt out of, um, because I love to collect old books, and this one is actually a school reader. Oh, wow. It looks well-traveled. It's well-traveled. It has a gorgeous cover. Um, We can put a little picture in, and it's called Wood Folk at School by William J. Long. It's got moose on the front. And... It was from 1902. So it was published in 1902. So I'm always intrigued right away when I hear, you know, when you bring in one of your magazines or these books to see what can be different, what can be the same, what's the writing going to be like. And one of the first things I always love in old books is that there's usually writing in the, in the front of them. It's either like who it was gifted to or whose classroom book it was. 
So this one was to my dear Frida and Walter in memory of Howard from his sister, Dorothy. So um, I always love reading that and how nice their handwriting was. Yeah, <laughs> when it mattered. Yeah, that might be my uh, New Year's resolution this year. Work on your handwriting. Work on my handwriting, yes. Yeah. I'll practice in the front of books or something. <laughs> but this book is from 1902, and it's a school reader for children, probably upper grades. And I thought I'd read just a tiny bit of it. And then I did a little research about the author, and it led to something interesting. Ooh. So here's just a little bit, though. This is uh, When You Meet a Bear. And the author calls the bears Moian. And I looked that up, and it was a Native American word um, for a tribe that was around Connecticut. And there's actually a state park named that now, and it means bear. There are always two surprises when you meet a bear. You have one, and he has the other. On your tramps and camps in the big woods, you may be on the lookout for Moian. You may be eager and even anxious to meet him, but when you double the point or push into the blueberry patch and suddenly there he is blocking the path ahead, looking intently into your eyes to fathom at a glance your intentions, then I fancy the experience is like that of people who have been inquisitive habit of looking under their beds nightly for a burglar and at last find him there, stowed away snugly just where they expected him to be. Moeen on his part is always looking for you, when once he has learned that you have moved into his woods, but not from any desire to see you. He is like a lazy man looking for work and hoping devoutly that he may not find it. A bear has very little curiosity, less than any other of the wood folk. He loves to be alone, and so when he goes hunting for you to find out just where you are, it is always with the credible desire to leave you in as large a room as possible while he himself goes quietly away into deeper solitudes. As this desire of his is much stronger than your mere idle curiosity to see something new, you rarely see him even when he is most at home. And that is but another bit of the poetic justice which you stumble upon everywhere in the big woods. So when I researched this author, he was a naturalist and a minister and a writer um, in the beginning of the 1900s. And there became this whole controversy. Uh-oh. Yeah. So he and Jack London, who wrote Call of the Wild, a lot of people know that book and know that author, got called nature fakers. Nature fakers. Nature fakers. So I have an article that I'll put in the show notes where I read a little about this because there was another scientist, naturalist, called Burroughs. He was a buddy with Teddy Roosevelt. And... He thought that these authors were not scientific enough, like that they gave characterization to animals. In their like, fiction writing. In their nonfiction writing, yeah. Like this author, um, William Long, he would go into the woods and live from like, and he'd go to Maine from March till October and just study the animals with his family and camp around and write notes about them and write about them. But what these other naturalists didn't like was that they were giving like almost like people characteristics to the anthropomorphizing. Yes. That's yeah. the right pronunciation. Right. Yeah. Like when Jack London wrote call the wild and the dog, he knew everything the dog was thinking Yep. where it was almost like he was a real person. Right. So they did not like that. They thought it should be more scientific. So they thought they were faking nature by saying that these animals had personalities. So um, one of the articles I read said that Teddy Roosevelt pulled these um, wood folk 
school's books off the shelves because they were not scientific enough. And I'm sitting here reading it thinking, this is just a beautiful way to think about nature. You know, I'm not, what, what would you, what did you think when you were listening to it? That it flowed beautifully or were you thinking bears don't think like that? Oh no. Yeah. I I think that when you put human emotion or human energy on animals, I think it's a way to relate to the natural world. I don't think it's necessarily that you think that's what they're actually thinking in that way. I mean, but when you, you know, when I'm out in the woods or say in a tree stand, you get to experience nature about as close as you possibly can as if there isn't a person there. I mean, you're up in a tree, you're in camouflage, you have scent control on and you get to see all the things that go on. And it's fun and interesting to see the animals interacting with each other if they know they're not being watched but I never think of it in a human way. But the only way you can describe it to another person, I mean, is to put human emotion and add some sort of descriptives or relationship descriptives to the animals interacting with them, you know, just the natural world or between each other. I don't know how else you'd really describe it unless it was just flat out behavior. The bear did this, the bear did that. Right. Especially writing for children or wanting children to fall in love with the woods and the animals, you know, um, the author said that that's what you needed to do is you need to just sit in the woods and just become part of it. Kind of like you're saying, and let the animals come to you and see what they do. And I think some of it was, he also thought that animals could learn new things and other authors like Burroughs were like, no, that can't happen. They're just creatures of habit and they're going to do the same thing all the time. And so, Which that's been disproven now. I think animals absolutely learn. They change their behaviors based on the outside interactions right. all the time. So maybe this would be like the first Cabin Cast movie we could make or something. You know, oh, the, the battle between nature, faker. nature fakers. That sounds like <laughs> historical. A Net, historical. Netflix, Netflix yeah. if you're listening, we're, we're uh, pitching nature fakers. <laughs> yeah, it's this whole story with Teddy Roosevelt. Do you want to play Teddy? Uh, I could be Teddy Roosevelt. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> so um, I thought that was really really interesting to, to read a little bit about what kids at school were reading back in early 1900s. Too. I think Disney ran into that controversy too. I mean, oh, about a great just, example. Yeah, making animals into like too likable and too, yeah, anthropomorphizing so that kids, you know, like Bambi was a classic example where the hunter was bad and the, well, think I, about Smokey bear, it, right? Exactly. In some ways you're like, well, it makes people want to go be near bears yep. and we don't want that. You know, because bears are starting to come into more of public places. You know, we, we talked to Gina from Smoky Mountain Memories down in Tennessee, and she just posted today a bear in their downtown, you know. Oh, geez. And my mom just sent me a picture in Montana of a mom mama bear with three cubs right across the street from her. So they're all around. So if people think they are cuddly and friendly and sweet, then they might get a little too close. Yeah, we'll have to have Teddy Roosevelt on to really <laughs> let loose. <laughs> yeah, to, to dive into this. But um, we'll put a link to that article that I found um, that explained this interesting controversy I'd never heard anything about and a link to the book, too. So Awesome. The Cabin Cast is brought to you by Roughing It in Style. On The Cabin Cast, we talk a lot about making memories. But what makes a home or getaway more likely to create those cherished times? The Interiors team at Roughing It in Style is here to help you find that perfect memory-making balance in your home. The balance between gathering and privacy, form and function, relaxation and entertaining. 
we have two showrooms stocked with furniture, decor, and lighting. Our up north store is in Harshaw, Wisconsin, 10 miles south of Minocqua, and our out west store sits on the doorstep of the Rockies in Fort Collins, Colorado. Find out more and plan your visit today at roughingitinstyle.com. I have a music recommendation too. Oh, good. And like growing up, I I used to listen to punk rock music a little bit, and my tastes have mellowed quite a bit over time. Did you? What did you look like back then? I didn't. I wasn't like a traditional dress like a punk punk rocker. It was just more of a the the music I enjoyed. And there is a really cool kind of mixture of punk rock and country music. It's a little more. I mean, the traditional country music instruments, but played in more of an upbeat and kind of energetic way. And this is a band called the Vandaliers. The Vandaliers are the next wave of Texas music. This six-piece Dallas-Fort Worth group channels all that makes this vast state unique. Tradition, modernity, audacity, grit, and of course, size. Forever puts it all together for an enthralling ride down a fresh Lone Star Highway. While tracking alongside the muddy path that the country punk bands like the old 97s, Jason and the Scorchers, and the True Believers blazed in the 80s and 90s, Vandaliers define their own style. No one else is upending the genre quite like them. So, you know, when you hear that, you think it's going to be pretty, like, hardcore and rough, but it, it's just like a really energetic, fantastic kind of country music vibe that I, I think it's different. I think the more different ways to approach genres and still stay roughly within the borders is interesting. Yeah. I mean, that w where else are you going to make changes and improve music, if not by playing on the outside edges and interacting in a way that's more than, I mean, if everything sounds the same musically, that's so boring when right. every song in the radio is the same. So I think that if genres can, you know, they blend overlap a little bit and encompass things. I think that's fun and, and interesting. So this is a song called waiting on a train. It's uh, the newest single by the Vandaliers from 2021. And I just thought our listeners would enjoy it. <laughs> First thing in my mind, these are guys I would want to listen to live. Yeah. Yeah. And that's they the, must be amazing. The, the energy in live shows. Yeah. It, yeah, absolutely. Because I've been to bands and concerts where you think it's going to be energetic, but they pick a bunch of songs, the slower songs, and it's fun. Like, it's good to listen to if they get the kind of sound set up right. 
But when you get a band that's energetic and hitting hard and playing hard, no matter what genre it is, you can, you know, it's going to be good music and the crowd's going to be rocking. And that harmonica just puts me in a good mood instantly. So I I loved the lyrics. I loved everything about them. Yeah. So check out Vandaliers. That's uh, it's really great stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it might, might open you up to a, a little bit different type of music. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Well, this has been another amazing little time to chat as we, you know, refocus on what's going to be going on this fall here at the Cabin Cast and looking and back at our great summer episodes that we just completed. It's just been a a, a great year so far, and uh, it's lots more fun to come. Sounds good. Have a good night. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Cabin Cast. You can find details and more information in the show notes on our website at www.thecabincast.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you won't miss a single episode. Follow us on your favorite social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Cabincast. We'd also love to hear from you. We want to hear your getaway and cabin stories. For a chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode, email us at getaway at thecabincast.com. Until next week, enjoy the journey.